Stock and Zach Stevens. Hello, friends. Welcome to season two of the Good Pals Podcast. I am your host, Matt Stock, and I'm back in the lab on Lake Linden. And with me, my producer, my co-host, and my good pal, Zach Stevens. Stevens. Maddie. I think on half of our episodes from last season we said we're back. Because we would take little breaks, you know, but now we're really back. It's been ten months since we did an episode. Feels like like six to me. It's been a long time. Well, we went to season around here until then. It got kind of busy, and I think we got done in by like some of our listeners are like you and Zach were really like fighting the last two episodes. I was like, I guess a little bit, you know. A lot of people actually said you wouldn't let me talk. No, Sandra Count said that. <laughs> that was it. Okay. I think I think the one-two punch of Quantumania and Renfield like did us in. Yeah. I'm like, I can't go see another fucking movie. They were so bad. We were just consistently like walking out of movies, like, Ugh. yeah. It's when like the last six episodes we did the best movie we saw was Super Mario Brothers. That is like a problem. And the greatest thing that came of that was how you say Mario. Mario. <laughs> I bet Martin says it like that too. It, oh, Yankees say it that way. You just gave away our guest. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, we had a great first season. We had more listeners than I ever anticipated. I'm super pumped to be back. And I think there's like a few contributing factors that sort of motivated us to, to get back in biz here. Like one is Dune. That's a big one. Yeah. Dune part two comes out in two weeks. Too many good movies coming up to me. Finally, you know, that's and it's great. Oscars. We like talking Oscars. And I think what kind of pushed you over the edge was uh, when they Spotify, when the raps came out. And in people's Instagram stories, I was seeing lots of good pals, good pals, good pals, you know. Yeah, a ton of people had like had us in their ears for many hours and many minutes of their lives, and it was like, you know, you got to appreciate that a little bit, right? Yeah, like I, you know, I did a, I did a, a podcast with Cranford, John Cranford, back in the Swampfire podcast, and it was a good podcast. I was proud of it, but we just, we couldn't like catch listeners. And with Good Pals, I was kind of anticipating maybe like the same thing, but I was getting addressed like in public all the time by listeners. Like, when's the new episode coming out? When's the pod coming back? And that's cool. It's a good motivator. And, you know, we're just magical together, like recording together. So I told you I did like a re-listen to sort of shake the dust off. You know what's funny? The difference between you and I, you've told me you've listened to these episodes like several times. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've probably never listened to an episode back. Not because I don't think they're good. I just, I don't, I don't know. Is it weird? I don't want to hear myself back. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm self-obsessed, so okay. I love it. I can't. Yesterday, I listened to like our Angela Bassett argument about the impersonation like five <laughs> times in a row. It's okay. the funniest moment in like Good Pals history. Well, and there's a lot of them. We'll have to make a highlight list down the road. We weren't like fighting; we were just having like snappy banter with each other. Did she ever end up winning an Oscar? No. They gave. I thought they like gave her one, like no. an honorary. No, she's not that old yet. Okay. But I was listening to, like our Oscar predictions for this year. You called Oppenheimer best picture and best actor. Mm-hmm. You're like, I think that's a lock. And I was talking about Barbie, and you're like, do you think Margot Robbie will get nominated for best actor? And I said, I don't think so, because they don't acknowledge like comedy. I was like, but she might get a best picture nomination as a producer. 
And he said, will Greta get a director nom? I said, no, but she'll probably get nominated for screenplay. We're like, we're like Punks and Tony Field. We just nailed it across the board. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into Oscar noms later. But like, we, were predict- we predicted the Barbenheimer phenomenon before it became like a thing. Yeah, what do we compare it to? What are other like good? It was just like that that those two movies were coming out on the same day and highly anticipated and like a big push for me. I don't think we knew they were going to both make a billion dollars. I mean, that's insane. <sighs> insane. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. Biopics about historical figures creating yeah. atomic bombs, selling. And they're, yeah, they're great movies. Insane. It's there's a there's a lot of great movies this year and box office is back up and it's like just it's normal again. It took years like after COVID, but. I mean, for a while there, there'd be like four movies coming out a month. Well, and I think people have the uh, superhero fatigue. It's over. It's over. You win, Martin Scorsese. And Christopher Nolan. Well, he said it in a much less... He said it in a way that wasn't going to catch him as much heat as Scorsese said it. Dude, there's two superhero movies coming out this year. That's it. Isn't Blade coming out? Oh, that's that's 2025. Yeah. But like Deadpool is coming out. I don't even think DC has a movie. I figure you're probably pretty happy about this. To be honest, I didn't even know. So, yeah, I'm out of touch with the superhero game. Well, yeah, you've been fighting to separate yourself from it. Like, can we not one week talk about fucking superhero movies? I'm like, it's just. I mean, that's what we talk about. Yeah, I can't believe I like saw some of the movies that I saw in theaters with you because it was just a. We've sliced Quantumania into ribbons. Yeah, I don't like them now either. Like I developed a sense of guilt because they're taking away original film, and it was just the same shit, shit sandwich every time. And there, the day it comes out, eating it. Should we ask Marty if he likes superhero movies? Are you talking about our special guest? I think so. So we do have a special guest today. We're desperate for ratings, and we're not above like bringing in a ringer. He's a an avid pop culture fan, music, film, television. Uh, he's a local legend, which he probably hates me saying, but he is. A very gifted musician, a mentor, an advocate, many things. All right, local. He was in Vidalia, Georgia, last week. He's <laughs> What's going on in Vidalia? He's regionally famous. But if you know. haven't figured out by now, our special guest today is the one and only Martin Lesh. Marty, what's up? Marty, what's up? Thanks for joining us, man. I like superhero mo- movies. You like weird ones. I like. Uh, Birds of Prey. You I like, like Catwoman? He fuck Martin loves <laughs> Martin fucking loves Joker. Oh, the movie. Yeah, Joker is the is the best. I like I like Birds of Prey. I think Birds of Prey is good. Birds yeah. of Prey is fantastic. Yeah, you're the only one here though, Matt, that like actually despised the Joker. We're talking about the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yeah, movie. I hated it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it, but like Martin loved it. You hated it. It's kind of funny. We have three people. Yeah, like things. the porridge. Yeah, too hot, too cold, just right. I feel like But in this case I'm the one who's just right It was a modern day taxi driver (laughs) Yeah It sure was Only with a a bad ending I just My whole thing was I always said He wasn't like The Joker of like You know Established popular culture I just I thought it should be Should have been called Crazy asshole Because that's like What he was like He's not a criminal mastermind Not this (laughs) or that Joaquin Phoenix and Crazy Asshole. You go yeah. a lot of his movies. Dude, that the shit that that guy did in that movie isn't that literally happening on the New York subway sometimes? Like, just all the vigilante stuff. Yeah, like occasionally. Yeah, really yeah. more like breakdancers, like invading your space. Okay, like fair that. enough. That's true. But um, the other comic book movie coming out uh, this year, Martin, is the Joker sequel. Yeah. Fully Adieu. 
It's a musical, right? Yes. The Madness of Two that's translated. Kill me French. now. <laughs> With Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, your fave. I like that character. I just don't know about it. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. She's great. Well, Margot Robbie is fucking amazing in that part. Marty, I have a funny question for you. What? As two people, well, and Matt, this is for Matt as well. I mean, Matt loves music, loves pop music, and yeah. we play pop music for a living most of the time. Do you like uh, musical theater? I love it. And you know, uh, <laughs> I know, and uh, I've always, I've told Matt this numerous times. I think I've told you too. I can't believe you guys haven't done a musical episode yet or just a whole episode on the i mean yes i love it i love musicals i love musical theater i grew up in new york city you go to broadway you learn to appreciate that stuff man i like musicals too <laughs> i'm not quite into like marty likes a lot of the old like the classics the standards like uh singing in the rain right i think that's the greatest movie ever made i've watched it for like 10 minutes so i was like i can't watch another fucking minute of this i try are you kidding me yeah it's not my thing Martin don't I you realize out. how how inventive that movie is when you get into it. There's well, crazy yeah, they, scenes. Yeah, like with that movie Babylon that came out two years ago was like basically about like that. Like the transition into talkies and singing in the rain and Yeah, but there I mean there's like really uh, incredible cinematography and, and I mean there's some incredible scenes in it I where mean, like the whole there's a whole in those in those musicals they used to have like it before the second act, they would have like a prelude and it would yeah. be like a dance piece. They do it in uh, Oklahoma. They did it in Singing in the Rain. Who's and the they're, they're, like, really progressive, like, crazy, in, like, artistic. Those are, like, uh, you know, I've never, I've never seen West Side Story. What? The old or the new, yeah. It's, it's weird. Sometimes shit just... I know, man. We have a podcast. Passes, <laughs> passes by, like, on the radar. Do you know the land that they were fighting over in West Side Story, where that was in New York City? No. Ooh, let me, can Lincoln I guess? Center. Oh, where? It's Lincoln Center. Really? Yeah. Who was in the original West Side Story that were, like, movie stars? Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood, yeah. yeah. Poor Natalie Wood. And uh, was it Rita Moreno? Yes, Rita Moreno was in it. I know that for a fact. My mom, she would like, whenever Natalie Wood, when I was a kid, would pop up on TV, my mom would be like, poor Natalie Wood. They killed Natalie Wood. They killed her. Yeah. I don't like that Christopher Walken. I know it was him. He's creepy. Oh, he was on the boat too, right? Yeah. Um, but Wagner was like a drunk abuser. So I think he's more likely to have. What's that movie with her and Warren Beatty where she loses her mind? Um, super young. Love Splendor in the, the Grass? I don't think... That, it might be Splendor in the Grass. I think, I think yeah. that's what they were in together, yeah. She was great, Natalie. Yeah. You guys are going way before my time. I don't know. Well, you got to do your homework, Stevens, you know? But shit, why start now? Well, I feel like it's very important. I've asked Martin this, not even, you know, in a pod setting, but like what his favorite movie of all time was. He said singing in the... Or dancing in the rain. Singing in the rain? Singing in the, singing the, singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. So I'll 100% have to check that out just... You know, you're a pretty respectable guy, so... Uh, dude, sometimes films, like, I have to be in the right mindset for it to click into place. I'm sorry, I mean, I'm not into this right now. And sometimes I'll revisit those and love them. But and I was excited to watch it because it was streaming on HBO, and I'm like, Marty's always saying, you got to watch Singing in the Rain, you got to watch Singing in the Rain. Believe me, sit down, just sit down and try to watch it. It, it, it. I promise you, you'll be appreciative of it. There's just, it's, not, it's not considered one of the AMI... Or uh, American Film, it's AFI. American yeah. Film, it's, too, it's always in like the top three. Yeah. So it's not there for no reason. So. Of course. Well, I have to get this off my chest about musical theater. I just get really annoyed. Why, if you have something to tell me, why do you have to sing it to me? <laughs> you know, just tell me. Like, 
And I, th- I think that's why no musical, uh, except for High School Musical, that's probably the only one I've ever enjoyed. So, like, right now... Never seen in, Les Mis or... In like, in current film right now, musicals are failing so badly at the box office that studios are concealing the fact that these movies are musicals and, like, the trailers. Like, you don't know. And then you go see, like, Mean Girls, and they're like, well, this is a fucking musical. But The Greatest Showman, like, killed it five years ago or so. Did it? Was that successful? Dude, I know. I think, so yeah, I think it was actually. People love that movie and huge. I like like that's counter- a great movie. Have you seen it? No, so I don't uh, care about musicals. Uh, <laughs> I like like I like counterculture musicals. I like rock musicals. Um, like Hedwig and the Angry Inch is my favorite musical. I mean, I love that movie. Hmm. Rocky Horror, like shit like that. Tommy, like I skew towards that kind of stuff. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is kind of a musical. What's the name? Of, what's his song that he sings in that? That's his big hit. Is it the vampire? The vampire Muppets. Right? Oh yeah, the, well there's <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was That's thinking cool. of Russell Brand's song. Oh, uh, inside of you, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wanna be. <laughs> <laughs> Funny movie, man. It's getting kind of hard to think. <laughs> Funny movie. I've been rewatching some uh, Apatow stuff recently. I love Judd Apatow. The whole extended like Judd Apatow universe. Oh, yeah. It's great. I still like the shit he puts out for the most part. And his daughter's killing it. She's going to be next on top. Maude. Yeah, she's on Euphoria. Yeah. Well, that show will never return, so. No, yeah, it takes a long time. You think, man? That poor kid died. That's Yeah, like, they've lost their cast. Fesco. Yeah. Yeah. Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney are megastars. Oh, yeah. Sydney, I mean, unstoppable right now. Did you did you go see Madam Web? That's kind of no, a, that's would, actually a joke of like the week, so we should cover. I, that. I might. I think I'm going to go see it. And we can talk about it on the next episode because it's being called like the worst film of the year, yeah. and it's February. People are saying it's like comically bad. Also, that falls Terrible. that aligns right with Martin's superhero beliefs. It's a ton of women in a superhero movie. Do you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I bet Martin be like, I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that Dakota Johnson. Yeah. So you know what the reason is for a movie like Madam Web is that. Sony owns the right to Spider-Man, but they have to do a Spider-Man-based film like every four years to retain the rights. Hmm. So they just made that like, I heard it's completely discombobulated, like awful, awful, awful. <laughs> but they re-ups the rights on Spidey. He's not even in it. Yeah, but would you rather have like a good movie every 10 years or four shitty movies every 12 years? Dude, all you have to do is like, th- this is what I would get. Sydney Sweeney plays Spider-Woman, who's got the coolest costume ever. Like, super dope. They're in their costumes for 20 seconds in the movie. That's what, like, all the reviews say. Oh. Otherwise, it's street clothes, but I will go see it. Because if it's that bad, it's, you know, can't be worse than Quantumania. Do we want to talk Oscar noms? No, I think... They are coming got, up. We have till March 10th for Oscars, so... Oh, okay, okay. Maybe the next episode, then Dune will be the one after that, but let's talk about what we're watching right you now. You didn't give me your three-week layout. Recommendations. Uh-huh. Yeah, was that? That's a three-episode layout. That on our, on our time, that's like seven weeks. <laughs> no. Well, but yeah, Dune is obviously the big thing. But we always talk a little bit about like what we're watching. If there's a popular show on, like we come do like the weekly recaps. Succession. We did it with the uh, Last of Us. But my new thing right now is, dude. There's I used to be able to keep up with streaming, but it's so, I can't. I'm binge watching two shows right now. They're both like five years old. Warrior on Netflix, was which was a Mac show. Kung Fu Western, fantastic. You're a fan. Yo, I loved it. I, th- I watched that when it was on HBO. Yeah, it's, it's like that. sleazy and like Grindhouse. Uh, apparently, they're going to make one more season on Netflix. I think it's, it's highly enough rated that they're, you know, 
Yeah, Netflix has great. the deepest pockets. You know, like them and Apple can afford to do anything. Yeah. So you were saying like what we've been watching currently. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring anything to the table except for a show we'll cover later. But I watched the show called The Last Kingdom recently. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. Oh, it's, it was a phenomenon a couple years ago. But it um, their first season was on like BBC. Okay. And then pertains to your Netflix comment. Netflix bought it, and the show just got like tremendously yeah. better. Yeah, they can. I mean, they yeah. can resurrect shit. The other show I'm watching is on Apple, and it's called The Morning Show. Do you guys know about The Morning Show? Yeah, yeah. a girl told me she was watching The Morning. Jennifer Show. Jennifer Aniston, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh, who? Steve Carell. It is literally. It's got to be the most expensive television show in the history of time. It was all shot in New York. Beautiful. Like, what What season are you on? First. No, oh. second. <clears throat> okay, so then the, this after the second, they took a break, and then they came back with the third. There's three altogether. I yeah, think. it gets like uh, what I, I, I was into it. What I love though is that they in the second COVID's happening. Yeah, and then when the the, the third starts, it's like COVID never happened. <laughs> they just skip over it, which is pretty smart because they didn't want to get involved in my, in that part of it. Oh, I love this. Yeah, so there's a lot of like Reese Witherspoon got COVID and turned into a lesbian on that show. <laughs> it's, it gets melodramatic, but <laughs> they say that's what happens. But it's. <laughs> Yeah, they I mean, say. You know, when I when I was watching the first season, like, and it's a melodramatic show, and the characters are pretty much all unlikable. Three very likable stars being unlikable people. Steve Carell's like terrible. It's very like you know Aaron Sorkin, like it's like that kind of shit. I was watching. I was like, the morning show is like if Aaron Sorkin jerked off into a pot of coffee, and this is what came out. For real, Just, isn't the morning show like a real thing though with like Al Roker? The Today Show. Oh, that's the every network has morning show. So here's what here's kind of something kind of funny. I was texting a girl the other night at like eleven at night, and she's like, "I'm watching the morning show." You talk to girls, and listen, and I was, she's like, "I'm watching the morning show," and I literally responded back with Al Roker, because it was like eleven at night, and she did, she, go, did she ghost you after that? Yeah, she did actually. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, it's a good show. I like it. It, it looks great. Like. So you watch it. I just some scenes I'm like, this got cost like. How dare you? I watched uh, True Detective, the um, the advice of my friend John Cranford. I thought it was all right. The new season. Yeah, the it, new season. It Night Country. It collapses under its own bullshit. But you know, Strong I start, did just, terrible finish. I did just watch a movie she made that uh, Jodie Foster made called Nyad. Yeah. That's an amazing movie. That's great. Is it movie. really? Her and Annette Bening. I've had a couple of people tell They're me. They're both nominated. For in uh, for Academy Awards, it's a great movie, great. True and story. then you got like that's like a pat on the back, like you know, this is your you put your time in. Well, one of the great things about it though is you get to see two people, two of the great actors, at like the height of their abilities. Well, like, I, it's I, truly, like, it's I, like so, it's like some of their best performances. I stuck with True Detective because I, she's great in it. Like just watch, she's a marvel. She's such a great actress. But it was discombobulated. Like, True Detectives can be hit or miss, but I was d- disappointed with the way it ended. Matty, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, Barry Keegan's on the top of the world right now, as far as yeah. actors go. Yeah. And this, you know, Band of Brothers produced show, Masters of Air, comes out. Oh, on Apple. And it's just not a big deal to people. Do you think, like, war stuff is over? Uh, there's always an audience for it, you know? Yeah. I just, I haven't I like so, I like war films, but. I do too, but like, who's seen it? You know what I mean? That, I don't. I've not heard anyone talk about it. Yeah, I didn't even watch the Godzilla show on Apple. Yeah, I watched that. 
No fucking Godzilla. Yeah, it's not. It was. It's so expensive. What was it called? Godzilla what? It's no. It's not called Godzilla. Monarch. What's it called? Like the Monarch Project. Yeah, yeah, Monarch. Yeah. But um, and I love Godzilla and Kong and all that stuff. But it's just kind of so. And Kurt Russell's in it. Wait, what's expensive to put Godzilla in a movie? For a TV show, like even on Apple, like they can't do that level of like constant Godzilla CGI and and big time special effects. Yeah. I thought he was just busy. His agent was highballing him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Things are going real well, and then the whole place just got burnt to a crisp. <laughs> yeah. But little Godzilla humor for you guys there. But yeah, so I can't keep up with this stuff. I'm watching these old shows. I, I, you know, I'm watching more TV now than I have in a long time because I've been staying home and not like running around and doing shit. But, but I, I, I enjoy both these shows. That Warrior show is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. So I recommend that if you're watching on Netflix. You probably are because everyone is watching it. Um, one of our uh, first things we're going to talk about today, we've got like a, I got a like music themed episode today, which makes sense because Zach is a very popular musician in his own right. You know, no, you play? Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> plays plays out, plays out live a lot. Don't forget who hired you first. <laughs> played, oh, yeah. <laughs> he played a, a show at my bar last night. It was very successful. It was fun. Did. Him and his partner, Charlie. Good act. People love him. He's worked hard. He's moved his way up. Band leader, writing original music. So he's a musician. Martin, what can I say that hasn't been said by you many times to other people about yourselves? <laughs> but you know, you've toured the nation. You've gone overseas. Successful I, here. Uh, you know, you're involved with the jazz corps. Well, whenever people, whenever people ask me, um, you know, they're looking for a, a duo thing for some event or whatever, I always recommend Zach and Charlie because I. Uh, I think really? Yeah, I think they're an amazing duo. It's I would go Jackson and Maggie, I think, before Zach and <laughs> I mean, I love them, so it's not really. Or I would go trio. Add Nate Douglas to the trio. That's good stuff. And so you guys are very successful musicians. I'm a legendary cult musician in Homehead. I'm the lead singer of underground favorites, Los Tortugas de la Noche. Are you aware of that? <laughs> uh, is that uh, that punk band? I played a show at Remy's on... September 15th, I don't know, 2017, my birthday. One show, <laughs> and then done. Poof. Like you know, uh, my favorite thing, you're, you work at Cool Cats, right? That used to be Money Pennies yeah. back in the day. The best thing I ever saw uh, ever happen at Money Pennies was somebody was up on stage playing, and uh, Billy Blair, the former musician from here, and uh, who passed away? Uh, yeah, he ago. passed before. Yeah, never Billy mind. came out and vacu- started vacuuming while the person was playing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Trolling, Martin. If we have like ten minutes at the end of the show, I need you to just tell me some of your favorite like local musician stories because like shit like that kills me. Like, <laughs> guy comes out vacuuming. Well, who was playing? Do you remember? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Okay, fair. That's nice. I gotta get that band back together. Do a reunion show. They're spread out now, but I don't think so, man. I think you just let it, dude. It's the wrong way up with me. Let as the legend. The, let the legend. It's the wrong live. way up with me as a charismatic frontman. Let the legend fester. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably a good way to put it. It is festering. Do you know how many times me and my brothers say in a month on the phone, "Man, I really wish Radiohead would tour." If they toured, we wouldn't be able to say that anymore. Is you know, Radio were, is Radiohead in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think they should be if they're not. No, they're not. Radiohead, Matt, Matt Radiohead would know. Radiohead sucks. I'm the only person in the world that thinks that. Okay. I'm sorry. All right, so... Uh, Speaking of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nominations just announced. 
always a controversial topic among music fans because of the snubs and bands that have been eligible for 20 years and aren't in there. Lots of metal bands like T-Rex, Cheap Trick, like shit like that. Like, like mid-level rock bands with like cult followings. And uh, hip-hop is always an issue. People hate that hip-hop acts are in their own. We, we are personally good with that. should be in there. Yeah. Hip-hop is rock and roll. Yeah. So about six, about six uh, acts get in from the initial bout. Steve, do you want to run through? We'll, we'll discuss each of them real quick as we go. We'll give them like a yes or no. Starting from top to bottom here. And remember, these, these, they get nominated again next year, too. How about this? I'll go name by name, and then we'll go back and cover them. And you just say yes or no, and Martin say yes or no. Okay. Ready? From the top. Mary J. Blige. No. Yes. Mariah Carey. Yes. Yes. Cher. Not yet. No. Dave Matthews Band. No. <laughs> Eric B. and Rakim. Yes. Rakim? Rakim. Sorry. Foreigner. No, no. That's the kind of band that I'm talking about. They're just around forever, and they just never quite get in. Peter Frampton. No. Nah. No. Really? Jesus Christ. You don't think those two songs off Frampton Comes Alive get to men? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jane's Addiction. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were innovative. That's what I think should be the separation. Is I like, love Jane's Addiction. Band has They're to be like badass in, rock band. Cool in the Gang. Yes. No. Lenny Martin, Kravitz. Yes. No. Cool in the Gang wrote a lot of good songs. All right, Martin. Now tell the story about when Lenny Kravitz stole your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, no. No. Oasis. No. No. What? No. Are we fucking I like kidding? Oasis, but... Like okay, this one's going to piss me off if I... Although, although, wait, if Oasis got in, it would be great to see their acceptance speech if they showed up. Duke it out. That would be great. Uh, there's Oasis songs that I fucking love. Like, yeah. They're a good band. Um, Sinead O'Connor. No. No. Okay, I thought I think so. No, as well. I don't think she's very good. Ozzy Osbourne. <sighs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, Sabbath is in. Yeah. Oh, Sabbath. So he's in there Sabbath, but, yeah, but he his, soul, his he first few solo albums are yeah. so goddamn good. Sade. No. Sade. Sade. I don't think it's like a big enough body of work, right? Just like. Nah. There must have been a name. Um, Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah. 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 Like I said before, Rakim and Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest are my two favorite MCs. Are Eric B. and Rakim New York City? Yeah, actually, they just did something at the, the Blue Note. He's great. Um, really? What kind of show was that? It was Rakim with a with a band. That is, you've uh, you go to a few hip hop oh things at the Blue Note. I'm sure right? like a million guest artists came in. What? You've gone to a few like hip hop shows at the Blue Note. At the Blue Note? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen you, some good Mo stuff Steph? there. No, I saw the other side of Black Talib Sheep. Quilly. Yeah, Khalib Khalib Tali. Um, but yeah, I saw I saw that. I saw Robert Glasper. And he had uh, a bunch of people with him, too. It was great. Marty, what days are you in New York? I'm there uh, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's the 23rd through... Okay. What is this? Ten Nights Live. I was going to send this to you. Pino Palladino and Isaiah Sharkey, who play in John Mayer's band, and then Chris Dave. I don't know him. Is he a drummer? Yeah, I know. I I looked at it, but have you listened to that band? No. What do they play? Nothing. (laughs) Not your style? Okay. <laughs> I just thought it was like kind of meandering. I, I, I went and listened to it, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to go to that. There's a, I'm, okay. I'm going to see some really great stuff up there. Well, I, I yeah, love... Do you have shit planned out already, or are you just going over the quick... Well, I'm going to go to Tedeschi Trucks. Nice. At the Beacon. I'm going to go see my friend Emmett Cohn, who's one of the greatest piano players alive, I think. Um, 
Uh, I might see Ben Wolf late one night. He's one of the great bass players. And um, my friend John Chen is playing at Dizzy's on uh, that Friday, too. So before I go to the late show, I'll go see him. I think. If you I find yourself... I didn't go to Dizzy's, right? I think you went one night when I was like hanging out with my friends. Yeah, I might have gone a different... Me, Martin, and I took a road trip to NYC last year. It was exhilarating. Yeah. Did we um, go there and the guy was playing the shell, though? No. At Mesro, we saw that, that bass player... The big black dude, was, they were fucking awesome. That whole band was awesome. Oh, Russell Hall. And then we went to that other, the more like underground place. Mesro. No, Mesro was where we went first and saw that that bass player. No, that was Smalls. He was playing at Smalls. Then I think we went to Mesro because that's around the corner, right? Mesro, very popular jazz Mesro's club. tiny. Yeah, that's cool. And, but we saw that other band. We saw it was a little more avant-garde-ish or whatever. They blew your fucking mind. You were like losing it. Yeah, that was Russell's band. You're like, this yeah. is the best jazz being played. Yeah, he's on he's planet amazing. Earth right now. Like two things, uh, really quick. I just want to say one: if you don't know Martin Lesh and you're you know you're a listener because we have listeners that aren't you know Islanders or Bluffton people that might not know Marty. He's like being humble right now, but he like he's truly like a world class piano player who yeah. knows like the best musicians in the world. He's he's hanging out with us, which is pretty cool. And two. Um, getting to go to New York City with Martin is like a coveted thing amongst the cool people on Hilton Head and Bluffton. I call it the call. I'm like, is this the call? Yeah, and very few people get the call in their lives. Matt's gotten the call. Martin has like floated the call to me, which is like almost worse than not getting it. It's kind of like, it's like, yeah, we could go. When do you want to go? The call's not a thing <laughs> anymore. Well, the last time you went up, I told you stuff to do and you didn't do any of it. So yeah, I that... did. Sure, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I did a lot of what you told me. I, I, I went to, uh, um, um, Gian Famous Foods. Xi'an. Oh, you did? Yeah. Gian Famous Foods. Got the hand-ripped noodles in Chinatown. It's delicious. Um, I did skip out on Blue Note only because, to me, stand-up was a little bit more important. So me and my brother, God, not, maybe a night I'll never forget. We saw um, just some of our favorite comics, Mark Norman in um, Greenwich Village at the uh, Comedy Cellar. Dude, we went to like, the late show at Comedy Cellar. Like, had no idea that like the openers did like 20 minutes. They didn't come up and do like five. It was yeah, I it fell was, asleep. It, Martin, we're, me and Martin the, are like nodding off. The late show, they were going until like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It David was like, Tell got up and just ripped everybody. Too. Yeah, yeah, he was, he awesome. was wonderful. They were all good. I, see, I mean, okay, so I didn't know what look. to expect. When, when my brother and I went, we saw the bill and we saw Mark Norman on it. And we were like, well, regardless, we want to go to this hour, hour and a half long set of comedians because we want to see Mark Norman. And then everybody else just fucking ripped. If yeah. you're working the scene, and, and it's funny because these people leave their sets and jump and go straight to the stand or straight to, yeah. you know, some yeah. other. I mean, they're doing like five sets a night. It's unreal. And they're all just heavy hitters, man. It's, it's so cool. I mean, for like 45 minutes after that, I was like, I'm moving to New York City to do comedy. I saw a comedy store post on Instagram where like one night last week, it was like Sandler, Bill Burr, Spade, like six incredible fucking comedians. That place is like that a lot, though. But, um, I mean, it's all good. It's, those clubs are great. The jazz clubs are great. Like, when we were up there, I was like, not, let's not, the call's not a thing anymore. Let's just, I'll just come with you every year. <laughs> but it was, it is a great time. Well, we fucked you, you up. You know who's even cooler than Martin in New York City? His wife. Really? Okay. Some of those guys would come off stage and be like, how's Kelly? Yeah. Martin's like, watch, these guys don't know my name, but they'll know Kelly's name. <laughs> well, we need to, we need to plug <laughs> Jazz true. Corner because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We will. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting class, you know. A lot of the big guns are all in there, but yeah. So if I didn't let me ask down, you this: Why do you think Mary J. Blige shouldn't be in there? I think she's like a not yet. You 
If I have to pick, if I have to pick six, I'm going to take Mariah, Eric B. and Rakim, Jane's Addiction. They only take six. Is that like their max? Yeah, they didn't, there's not. Yeah, they didn't take a whole lot. Six or seven, maybe. I take Tribe, wow. Ozzy. Yeah. Jane's Addiction. Eric B. Jane's Eric Addiction. B. Ryan and Mary. And I feel like those are the ones that probably will I mean, get. How many I, records Mary J. Buys sell? A hundred million. I, I guess. How many copies of All I Want for Christmas is You did Mariah Carey sell? Three billion, four billion, five million. <laughs> Best song in the history of time. I played well, that. She at, definitely deserves. I played that at Martin's I Jazz Corner Christmas show this year, and everyone. Yeah, she's, she's got a good. Mary J's great, you know. Everyone loved it. I was I was shitting my pants the whole time I was singing. I was like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. So it's always someone always gets left out. Everyone gets butt hurt. I like the award ceremony though, where like someone ducks them and then they all a jam. lot like Martin's Christmas. And show. then like, <laughs> <perform>. <laughs> hey man, you got to switch it up each year. But you, I, I mean, I you know, I'll tell you this one thing, and it's not just on Hilton Head. It's anywhere. I love musicians, and you can always tell Zach. I hang out with like almost all musicians. Those are all my closest friends. I'm always down to hang out. You know, late at night and hang out with yeah. musicians and no. talk and and do the hang. And I love musicians. It it just that I can only have so many people at the show. No, I I'm totally making a joke, and I know Matt has a good segue because I told him about that. So Matt too long or, ago. or Martin has like a very popular sells out every year Christmas show at the Jazz Corner here. People on love it. I mean, with with Grammy winning artists that come and sing and and play in it. And um, I'll let Matt tell a little story about over the last couple of years and my. Wanting to be in this show, but Stevens was like ascending the ranks of like local musicians, and Marty does a different lineup every year. And he was on my ass at lunch, like, I don't know, what, is Marty going to put me in the Christmas show? Why isn't Marty put me in the Christmas show? Well, I don't know if it's. Like I was that. like, I'm actually going to talk to him after lunch, and I was like, I'll, you want me to ask him? He's like, Yeah, ask him, find out what's going on. And I didn't even actually talk to Martin. I was like leading it on, but I called you back like soon after. I was like, I just talked to Martin about the show, and you're like, What did he say? I was like, He said you're unpolished. <laughs> and you were fucking devastated. Like, well, you, you didn't. Hey, you you should have said I said he doesn't text you back. Uh, no. <laughs> but you know, you texted. He, you like texted me. Did I? He say, said you're unpolished, girl. and then you just let that text sit there for like thirty five minutes. Not too long, man. You were fucking <laughs> fucked up about it. And then you were like, that didn't happen. I <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't stretch it out. I mean, I imagine like, what's the worst thing you'd want to hear from like more like he's on. Oh my god, it's like don't oh, don't man. meet your heroes scenario or something because yeah. that's I, the wor- the worst thing you want to hear as a musician. What's the worst thing you can yeah. hear as a musician? I, I don't. If somebody says I don't like what you do, I'd rather hear that than yeah. you're mediocre. Uh, that's the worst thing I could god, ever hear. That must be like what people in New York say because people in the South are like too scared to like say that to someone's face. I've never, I mean, no one's ever said that. I bet people thought it about me or something, but no one's ever been like... Uh, all y'all Hilton Head musicians are some backbiting motherfuckers. Not Marty. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. I mean, I've, when I was doing South interviews, I had like, had people would go like off the record and just go ham about people. What? I wouldn't identify any of them, but sometimes it's like, wow. But artists are competitive, you know, I'll, like sometimes it's... I'll say this though. If you just focus on your thing and like where I'm at in my life right now, playing music professionally with Charlie, you don't even think about other people or like how anything affects you if you're just like going after your thing. Yeah, there, there are you more I mean? types that are just real cutty and like ju- like judgy and stuff I, like I that. I kind of like what everybody does, so I just go around and see yeah. what people do and try to support them if, if I can. Yeah, Except for, Jevin. For our like... <laughs> no, for I, love, I love Jevin. I, I totally <laughs> For our out-of-town listeners, uh, this is Hilton Head Island where we live, 12 miles by 5 miles, right? Home to the most concentrated level of talent of live musicians that I've ever seen. 
It is incredible. Anywhere, and I always lived in cities before I came here. Yeah. Like, it's wow. These, like, And then you great include bands. Charleston and Savannah, and it gets stupider. Like, I mean, Charleston to Jacksonville, even. I mean, yeah, there's like, a crazy level of talent. Yeah, it might be the most concentrated <coughs> group of group of. And, and we produce like some successful musicians too that sort of break or they're on the way or they establish a certain level of. Hannah Wicklin. When they're used to be successful musicians. A boardroom product. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think I, I, I like. I'm surprised that she hasn't completely broken yet, because of the look. She's a great guitar player. Yeah, and she's cool. Yeah, like a nice human. You know, yeah. she yeah she rips, dude. Unless you ask any other guitarist in Hilton Head, they're like, eh. Oh, I've always, like, I've always advocated. Be like, dude, she's literally a hundred times better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are like, yeah, Yanni's all right. I'm like, I've seen him do things on stage, and I've never seen anyone do. Who's Yanni? Like, What's that guy? Do? Yanni. <laughs> Is he pretty good? He's all right. I mean, I guess you're into that. I, I feel funny. really fortunate right now that I've, I'm playing with the best guitarist I've ever played with. Who Jackson? Well, on two levels. Uh, in the jazz world, I get to play with Jackson, who's amazing, of course. Yeah. But on the in the other stuff that I play, Mike Scott, oh, is just completely unreal. So. Tell the people about Mike Scott because it's like he plays here gigs here, and his pedigree is fucking insane. We were actually Martin and I were just having a conversation about. I'll let Martin go, but like just the importance of professionalism and how it gets a guy like Mike Scott to where Mike Scott got. I was I was trying to relate to you. I'm a lot older than Zach. I've known Zach since he was young, too. So that's why sometimes I'll try to impart wisdom on him, and, and I know it annoys the fuck out of him. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but you don't realize when you speak, like, it holds a lot of weight to me. Or people oh, like well, you. You know what I mean? Uh, then, except for when you're like, take the shot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm being a bad influence. Take the Hornito. Tequila, tequila time, man. <laughs> you got to do it, man. Uh, no, I was just explaining that, that uh, you know, Networking with other musicians, doing the hang, uh, building relationships with other musicians is super important. And like I was pointing out, how Mike Scott, who's one of literally one of the greatest guitar players of his time, and yeah. you know played in New Power Generation with Prince and uh, Justin Timberlake for a couple de- for fifteen years or so. Um, how he'll like he gave Zach his number. He saw Zach play and he gave Zach his number. He said, "Hey, let's keep in touch," and yeah. they keep in touch. And r- Mike will randomly send him like some funny little. Guitar thing, you know. It, it's, we're it's sending memes to each other now. It's, it's like it's actually making an effort to like, you know. Yeah, but also, it, it's because he loves musicians. Yeah, musicians are the coolest people, dude. That's why you gotta love. He them. sounds like he's super cool. Like I know when Zach met him, he was like, "That guy's like the shit." Well, so get this. I'm playing a. a do gig. you return his text when he texts you? I do. Um, well, that's good. Somebody gets him back, but. <laughs> Just not ours. No, well, I, I remember the day <laughs> I met. He returns mine. <laughs> oh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll text back Prince's lead guitarist. The day I met Mike Scott, though, he was just the most unassuming, like, friendly guy who just came up and said, well, we, we had just played My Life by Billy Joel, and I arranged it for guitar. And he was like, whoa, man, I've never heard anybody play My Life on guitar. And I, I like, like that arrangement. That's you. Thank that's you. And I was, like, I was like, oh, well, yeah, like, to be honest, I don't think many people do it. And it, it really only works because I have phenomenal Charlie Simpson playing with me on keys. But he, like, said that to me, and I was like, okay, this guy might know something. I was like, what's your name, man? He's like, Mike Scott. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Martin's been telling me to come watch you play for, like, six months. And then yeah. I did, and freak. freak I remember you talking about there, like, I want to meet this Mike Scott guy. Like, I got I to gotta yeah. get with him and, like, do it. So I haven't met him yet. I think that I think that there's just a lot. It, it, the reason I wanted you to see him, Zach, is because I think that it would just put your playing – because you're already an amazing player, but it would have put, 
it would have put your playing ahead ten years from just sitting down and watching him play for a couple times. Yeah, because his 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 ideas of what he's playing would just like inspire you, and then also his his tone, man, he has crazy yeah and sound feel ideas, and you know, tension and just he's um. Well, the, I mean, it's no secret. Like Zach said, it, it just would skip Zach ten, said, year, he's ten a years. Learner. of practice. Like, he is like. When's he back with you guys so I can come see him again? Is he there? On he's playing with me this weekend, but we're out of town. Oh, okay. But he's he's with us most. When we do a run of shows that makes sense to bring him in mm-hmm. yeah. financially, we bring him. Nice. And and about the, on the jazz, I think you said Jackson is amazing. I love watching Jackson play. Yeah, he's incredible. He's so cool, so cool. So we have like a a dense collective of like really talented musicians that all play together. They all collaborate. You're in Zach's Grateful Dead shows sometimes. Like he's a band leader. And he puts, he puts those shows together. He basically gets the best artist in, you know, remember, every, the, every remember your first dead show. We were all on stage and it was your first time really being a band leader. And I, I wouldn't help. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I told you, you, yeah, you, were like, you have you to know have how to, to do make it. these calls. Yeah. You have to know how to do it on your own. Yeah, now that, that I was do. That's a one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and now I do those, and most people yeah. just think I'm a Nazi. But now but your, <laughs> your annual Grateful Dead tribute show is like the top grossing show at Poseidon, which is a big club yeah. here, and mm-hmm. it's by far. You got that's because that's because of hippies and the legacy of Grateful Dead. It's, not it's a great either. fucking show, though, man. It's a fun night. Like well, we all look you. forward we to it. You know, put a ton of brain power into it before and during, and try to make it a good show. You know, so. I remember, like, last year, like, I'm going to get Andy Pitts. I was like, yeah, get Andy Pitts. Oh, holy shit. With that being said, I have to uh, announce something. I'm going to the Sphere to see Dead & Company, May 24th, 25th, 26th. After seeing what we thought was the last Dead & Co. show we'd ever see. I didn't think that. In uh, I was telling all these dumb hippies last year, I'm like, they will tour (laughs) next summer. They will play again. They're the greediest band in rock and roll. I love the Grateful Dead. Well, are they the greediest band? Because I heard the the reason they toured so much back in the day was to like fuel like Jerry's drug addiction. Well, how much fucking heroin can you do playing? You know, eighty thousand enough seats? enough to start the Jerry Garcia band, right? Or die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Um, but, I, um, I went to the Spear in Salt. I went two nights. You too. Yeah, I went I, one night on the floor and one night on the stand. You know, I sat. That's in the seats. Cool, it was great. It's amazing. Nice. I'm very. I'm pumped. Especially for you know the music I love more than anything in the world. It's going to be wild, I'm sure. For that, can and name name one other band that you or artist that you think should be at the Spear? Because to me, it seemed like having Fish and Dead and Company. Yeah. That I think that they could have chose something better. Well, I mean, you got to think those are bands that are very like visual driven. Uh, there's so much like IP and stuff. I feel. I'll like guarantee you, Billy Strings plays there at some point. Oh, down the road. He's yeah. huge now. He's yeah. Huge. Um, let me think about that, Marty. I mean, so you and your dad are going to the dead. Me, my dad, my older sister, and my little sister. You two is a good, a good choice. For the for the sphere, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Saying, that's a good thing outside of that, though. They're a super visual band. Like, like I think the Talking Heads should reunite and go do a run of shows. There. That'd be that's, sick. Yeah. Or I mean, just thinking of Dave, seeing David Byrne, what he would do in that sort of space, or. I mean, the night before I saw you too. It was, I think it was two nights beforehand. Lady Gaga came in and sang "Streets Have No Name" with them, or something like that. Whoa. And I, I just made me think, what would she do in this room? Or hmm. you know. it's weird. I'm like drawing a blank, but yet I know that there's so many bands that would just be great in there. Yeah, but um, I it's a neat spot. But unfortunately, in five years, we'll just put on headsets and we'll be at the concert, and we won't go to the Spear <laughs> or goggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, but you gotta like jam band is such an easy. 
for a place like yeah, that. You yeah, know? for sure. And more like classic rock bands that skew older, their fans are wealthy, they have enough money to... Oh, they got to sell out 17,000 seats. I heard tickets were like tickets were cheaper than I thought they would be. I mean, they're very expensive, but not like exorbitant. So it looks like a hell of an experience, man, for sure. It's cool. Hey, did you guys see this lineup for the Fool in Love Festival? Yeah. With Lionel Richie and Diana Ross headlining a festival in 2024. How fucking cool is that? Al Green, Charlie Wilson, Santana, Gladys Knight, Isaac Brothers. Like, I mean, this list is Smokey Robinson. Like, yeah, it's a wild lineup, man. Like, what year are we in? I just, I thought that was cool and I thought it was a pretty good segue into something we're about to get talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to, I was about to try to segue myself into that. If we talk about like musical collaborations and Everyone getting together doing it's very popular here, you know, mixes matches. And uh a thing that's really in the zeitgeist right now, it's streaming on Netflix, is a documentary called The Greatest Day in Pop. I loved it. I know you enjoyed it, Martin. Grace Knight. Yeah. I suggested it to Zach for the podcast. He was like, I've seen all that stuff. I know about it's it. It's true. I you don't realize I did we so when We Are the World came out the second time for Haiti, I sang it in my fourth grade chorus class. So I watched all of the, like the video from the Previous, first one. Previous like documentary. Oh my god, I was obsessed. I th- I wanted to be Justin Bieber. I used to look in the mirror and go, "There comes the time," and I'd sing the intro to myself. You used to have hair like him. I remember that. I did. But I bet yeah. you had the Bieber hair. Mm-hmm. But and I think that uh, I like it. What I like about it is it's kind of like there's some inside baseball. There's a little gossip, you know, like stuff. Who I read so many books about music and so many documentaries. There's a lo- I didn't know most of the shit in there, and it was cool. And Martin said, from a musician standpoint, there's aspects of it. Well, I thought that one thing it showed me, and and not that I had underestimated him, but to see how Quincy Jones inspires people and works in the studio. As far as, like, everybody's in the studio. First of all, they couldn't bring in their entourage. So they're all in there just hanging out as artists. And they're all trying to have fun. It's after an award show. It's late at night already. And he brings in Bob Geldorf to, to tell them, to explain to them how people are starving from a first-hand experience and that shuts them all up and makes them th- and he tells them when you perform tonight when you sing remember this and that is like great pro- as a producer you just yeah, inspired was, everybody in that room that's one thing I, I took away from it the other is that Harry Balafonte was a, a gene was a, a giant I had no idea yeah. I had no yeah. idea until I watched this I, I was getting like choked up about his like con- contributions to the world I didn't even know well, yeah I knew I knew about his social activism but uh, but it's like to see how everybody paid him so much respect in yeah. that room. And he was, and the, the, it's when the way he puts it, it's like simply, he's like, we're not feeding our own people. Like, and he thought that was crazy. And everyone jumped on with it. And like, no, Harley and Prince turned it down. And that was like it. I, I, you know, I, I heard that Prince turned it down only. Well, Prince did offer to come in and play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But By he himself. wanted to do it in a separate room. Right. And, but the reason is because he would, from what I understand, Prince would be very uncomfortable in a room f- of all those people. He would just like it, for him, it would be like uh, maybe anxiety. Well, like people. Sheila E was saying, she's like, he's not going to come. There's too yeah, many people. That's, that's, that's not, not the kind of thing he would hang at. But he wanted to help. It had nothing to do with not wanting to help or whatever. I had no idea who Sheila E was until this doc. Because she's great, talented, very talented. But I mean, her like popularity didn't like live on until like these people. I mean, did it? I don't know. I didn't know. No, her. no. Okay. I mean, she's. 
She eventually, she eventually did like the Tonight Show band. Yeah, she sits with other bands and does such a great drummer. Okay. They were a couple for a, a little bit. Well, okay. So this is also funny. Before this dropped, there were so many memes on like shorts and TikTok and stuff of like <laughs> of Bob Dylan when they do the like the chorus part. And yeah. he's like not Dude, singing. Talk <laughs> about talk about looking uncomfortable. He really did not look comfortable. But man, like, Stevie Wonder saving his ass got him yeah. out of the box. Yeah. Do you think that his people like were like Bobby? You're doing it. Like it's not like I don't want to do it. They're probably you're doing it. No, because I think Bob Dylan is only going to do what Bob Dylan's going to want to do. <laughs> but but I do think that Stevie Wonder that Bob Dylan once he saw what was going on, I mean, you could tell he was really struggling. I mean, he was going in a yeah. dark place. Feeling I I can't I don't know how to sing my part right and then Stevie Wonder came over and sang how he should sing it to yeah. him and the way he hugged Stevie Wonder they didn't know each other either and the way he hugged Stevie Wonder was I just thought it was so heartfelt and I was and then he was so happy yeah. you got to see the like the happy side of Bob Dylan you know and and uh, I don't know that to me was like it really seemed like a good vibe to have how all that to have are. all that ego and talent everyone was kind of just kicking it it was yeah. I want to circle back to uh, Bob Geldof, for anyone that might not know who he is. He basically launched the humanitarian efforts with popular musicians like back in the 80s. It's also yeah. pink. Live. He was in a punk he did band. Live Aid. He was in a punk band, the Boomtown Rats. Yeah. They had, I Don't Like Mondays was their like, big hit song, good song. You know, it makes me sad, too, that you can't do that anymore. Because, and, and it makes me sad for your generation, Zach, because... Now it would just be attacked on social media and there'd be some fucking asshole on some TV show saying that they're doing it for their own purposes or whatever. It would just, it, it just, it's hard to do anything like that anymore. Yeah. But I mean, for people that's, that are hung up on, or what's important, but like inclusion, I mean, what we are the world is, is inclusive. Like there's, yeah. And, um, I mean, the Hilton had, the Hilton had did its own, right? Yeah. That's, that was cool. They did, uh, I was snubbed, but what the world needs now. Yeah. Unpolished. <laughs> Zach, Zach's feeling pretty. He's mad about it. Well, yeah, so, dude, Zach, that's because I, I told him I wouldn't do it if you were doing. I saw all those guys playing. <laughs> all those guys playing uh, solos on the big bamboo like stage. I'm like, is that was it? No, Zach. I'm in it. I was just, I was unhappy with my spot. But oh, you are in it. I was, <laughs> oh, so you are in it, and you're still yeah, playing. I, I didn't say I wasn't in it. I was saying I was snubbed from my, the spot I wanted. Oh, I'm well, just kidding. I'm you know, it was for charity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm, exactly what I'm saying. I'm just, just why kidding. it can't happen. Guys, I, I watched bit. it recently. That was really fucking cool. Hey, I'm I got to say it. something really quick because Unpolished kind of goes with this. And our our friend Greg Critchley is the one who produced the yeah. What the World Needs Now video for Hilton Head. And um, you'll think this is funny, Marty. Uh, we did some stems for Greg back in the day. I played guitar on a track he was doing with Stee. And he was like, he's like, hey, your buddy Charlie plays like good like organ, like reggae organ and stuff like Canty. He's like, I was like, yo, absolutely. And Charlie like send his stems back and Greg just texts back, I like it. Very loosey goosey. <laughs> and now uh, every time Charlie sees Greg Critchley, he's like, he's like, this motherfucker thinks I'm loosey goosey. <laughs> it's really very nice and good. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's probably meant that in a compliment way like and maybe you, i don't know like you know before we were the world bob geldoff did it in the uk yeah with all the british bands that was a project called band-aid song do they know it's christmas great song yeah so that was u2 duran duran uh every megastar like in europe it was a really good song but then they're like okay well we'll do this american one what's a better song 
Uh, well, this is the thing: is the the guy that put the voices together in the order they are in yeah. Are the World, whoever that guy is, he's in the he's in the documentary. I forget his name. He was like a, a ranger. Yeah, yeah, an arranger. But yeah. how he matched those vocals was genius. Yeah. So for cool. that reason, I'm going to say We Are the World is better. Like Tina Turner being like, I'm singing with Willie Nelson, but then you hear it. Great. You know, yeah. part gets me the Dion. Yeah, it was Dionne Warwick and Warwick. Willie Nelson, right? Yeah, yeah. When she comes Dionne Warwick and Willie Nelson, not Tina Turner. And then Willie Nelson falls. It was kind of kind of interesting for them to be pieced together. And like some people took a while to work their parts out. Like, but polarizing figure. But you want to talk about a fucking pro, Michael Jackson? Like her first take, hit it. <laughs> Unreal. Such yeah. a good singer. He like, also had more time to work on it than everybody else. Granted. Yeah, he wrote. And it. He wrote it. So. <laughs> and he had all the animals from some weird. Um, what do you call it? A menagerie. Stevie Wonder could have written it. You know what he didn't do? He, did, he didn't call back for three weeks. <laughs> he didn't answer. Oh, maybe that means I'm the. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that means I'm a lot like the greatest, <laughs> most accoladed Grammy winner of all. <laughs> well, then he showed up and he said, "Hey, man, I want okay, let's write this song." And they're like, "We already wrote it, man." Oh, and, and then he was like, and then he, he wanted to put like the Swahili in it, and they're all sitting like looking around, like, "What the fuck?" And Waylon Jennings, Waylon like, Jennings, is good old boy. Oh right. my god, <laughs> I think we just lost Waylon. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. But it's like great voices too. Like big talent, big stars. But like Daryl Hall, Steve. Oh, you want uh, cast? Steve Perry, Daryl Hall, Kenny Loggins. Like great, yeah, great. Like you know, rock singers. Hubie Lewis. I'm a little fuzzy in the can, Stevens. Am I okay? Oh. Hubie Lewis came in for someone. Hubie Lewis came. He was in, a last um, minute call. Somebody that couldn't make it. That's right. You know what uh, Hubie Lewis's claim to fame is? What? Oh, really? Biggest dick in rock. Huh. That's what they say. And Tommy Lee, even bigger than Tommy Lee. So go ahead, Huey. That's why he seems so chill and confident all the time, because I guess he's just because he's packing. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> Huey, Huey replaced Prince. Oh, did he? But yeah. I did also read there was a well, little, recommended him. A little trivia. Um, Prince actually did give a song to... Um, sorry. It says that Prince was not on the song, which he wasn't. But he donated a song to the We Are the World album called For the Tears in Your Eyes. So he did actually like it just sound, it sounds like Prince. He's like, I'll help, but on my terms. Yeah. You know. Well, I think I think he just like didn't felt uncomfortable being in that room. Yeah. That's fair. Because that, he was calling up that night and saying, like, what's it like over there? You know, talking to Sheila E. Yeah, yeah. And they um I was really impressed with Bruce in it too, because he's just charismatic. Oh. Like help. Dude, I think it's amazing that all of them took the time to like after yeah. some of them were coming off the road and it was an award show. So usually after the award show, you go out partying. But instead, they all said, let's go do this. Right. It's I was, was, was cool. kind of wondering if anyone look, got high there or like extra, you know, curricular. But it doesn't really seem anyone had Al that. Jero Al Jarreau got shit face. He was drunk. <laughs> well, Billy Joel's on Stern this week talking about it. And he said, they have, like, three takes, there's a table full of like beer and sandwiches. And he's like, me and Bruce just went after every take and had a beer and a sandwich, a beer and a sandwich, a beer and a sandwich. Yeah. So they're having cocktails. Jero was drunk, though. Yeah, he was drunk. He, he, might, he might have the worst, like, solo of the song, in my opinion. I didn't know who uh, James Ingram was. And Just once. Greatest love songs oh, yeah. of all time. I'm sorry, I know. I, That's Quincy Jones. That's on a Quincy Jones album, right? God, his voice was incredible, though, on this yeah. song. I was. I you was know like, that song, Just Once? No. You, you know I'll check it out. It's hey, what about the improp, impromptu uh, acapella... Boys to Men last night at Cool Cats. We did with the crowd. <laughs> Not a fan. Boys to Men. Better than Electric Avenue. We didn't play Electric Avenue last. No, uh, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> Whatever, man. 
I was like, Zach, why don't you play Electric Avenue? He's like, it's not my fault. We didn't have that keyboard. Blah blah blah. I was like, it's okay, man. It's okay. I was just asking. <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of people singing Boys Man and Marquise, right? I like that dude. Mm-hmm. Good guy. But the We Are the World, I really enjoyed it, man. It was yeah, it's cool. cool. I think everybody should watch it just to remember what that time was like. Like people are watching it, they're like everyone's ape shit about it. You know, it's like unanimously like, wow, this is cool. I might catch some heat for saying this, um, but I feel like I'm the kind of person that if I was around Cindy Lauper for like more than an hour in this setting that these people were in, I'd probably start to get like pretty fucking annoyed. Did they make mistakes picking her over Madonna? No. She's a better singer. She is a better singer. She's awesome. She probably but like, also came with way less baggage because Cindy Lauper is a rocker, and she. I think Lauper's cool, and I love her songs. But I'm just saying, like the way she acted throughout some of this, just like, let's go. Like, you she know, she kind of uh, had a shtick, you know, back then. Like, well, she might, you know, she was like my uh, crush. What the fuck? And still to this day, kind of is. I I went to go see her. She's. I went to go man. see her not long ago. Yeah. You know who opened for? Doctor John. Oh, that's cool. Gree, gree. Yeah, that's insane, actually. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love. Who Madonna. was right beside her? Kim Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes, Betty Davis eyes. Great voice too. Yeah, kind of got her at the right. She was in the right place at the right time with the right hit at the right time. Yeah. Never to be seen again. But fuck it, you know. <gasps> I love I love a good one. Hit I right love here. the Kenny Rogers moment too. Huh? Pretty cool. Yeah, man. He was a cool cat. He was, apparently he was like there because they uh, shared him and Lionel shared the same manager. Right, and they said when Rogers signed on, that like gave it clout. Like it was a big deal to get. He was a big get. Huh. Like yeah, back Martin, then he, he was a huge star. Fuck yeah! I mean, he's super the gambler. Cool. Yeah. yeah, well, he had a ton of hits. All that stuff with Dolly Parton. I was in the stream. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like University Beloved song. Um, cool documentary worth checking out, for sure. So, we're gonna get on to our main discussion topic for the day. I talked to Martin about this probably about eight years ago at the boardroom after a gig there. We got to talking about movies, and uh, we asked about New York movies because Martin's a diehard, inside and out, true New Yorker, you know, and I think that's great, and I love it. I think it's the best city in the world. Um, and as far as film goes, there are so many wonderful New York City films, like film there, comedies, dramas, horror films, everything, every genre. Like when I'm trying to narrow down my list, we're like, okay, we'll pick three out each, you know, and you start looking at the list, and you're like, oh, that one, I want that one. I want Ghostbusters. I want Annie Hall. And then if I talk about Annie Hall, I'll get a bunch of hate emails from people. <laughs> Every time I praise, like, any... Woody Allen? Like, I love Annie awful, Hall. but I still watch his movies. I love a bunch of his films. And, like, people will just jump, attack me. And I'm like, do you listen? Do you dance to Michael Jackson at weddings? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know? Because sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. But, I mean, who knows what happened? He's a great filmmaker. Like, his proms. Unbelievable. I didn't pick one of his for my three, though. What were your three? Well, before you changed your three, my three were um, one of my favorite films of all time. You catch me on the right day, I'll say it's my favorite film, and it's Moonstruck from 1987. Directed by John Patrick uh, Shanley. Cher, Nicolas Cage, Olivia Dukakis, great character actors. Danny Aniel. Danny oh, I'm calling from the deathbed of my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a, yeah, what like a doofus. Italian, heavily Italian culture, like traditional Italian culture, love story. The best performance of Nicolas Cage's career. I fucking love him in that movie so much. I wish he would have won an Oscar for that. That speech he gives in the the bakery, 
but he's like yeah. talking about his hand. And yeah. Johnny has his ring. Johnny has. I put my hand in the slicer, but he's great. He's like completely over the top, dramatic as hell. It's yeah. like operatic, you know. They go to the opera. Yeah. That's a New York scene, man. That's crazy. But I just feel it like it's palpable, and the performances are. It won like everything at the Oscar. Share won yeah. an Oscar. Olympia won an Oscar. Um, it's very funny. I laugh so hard at that. Like just all the the dialogue, the one liners. It's extremely romantic. Definitely. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the great when uh, Cosmo brought the moon. Yeah. You know. That's Cosmo's. That's Cosmo's moon. moon. Yeah, that's that's great. What was your what were your other two? Uh, my other two uh, was a Spike Lee film called The Twenty Fifth Hour. They came out right after 9-11. It's adapted from a popular novel. Edward Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson are like the main actors in it. I don't know if I've seen that. And I thought I saw so, every Spike Lee movie. He, Edward, he's a, Ed Norton's like a, he's a cocaine dealer, like loaded, like big time. And, um, he gets pinched. He gets touched. And he has 24 hours. This last 24 hours, he plans all the stuff out with his homies who are Philip Seymour Harper, Hoffman and Barry Pepper. Rosario Dawson is his girlfriend. Her name's Naturelle, but she's like a lot younger than him. But really, she's fucking beautiful. And he's cool, but it's the just the, what they do the last 24 hours before he goes away. But during the process of planning the movie, out 9-11 happened. So you know how I'd do the right thing, which we'll talk about that too because we kind of have to. When they have the uh, like all the characters like yelling at the camera, like, yeah. and the 25th hour has a long montage of people like different races like yelling about this that and like really like hard hitting stuff first shots the two beams like the, of the twin towers and it's got great music I, I forget who his composer what's his composer's name his father used to do a lot of the music to his movies yeah I, and I, like, I forget who it was for but that also um, what's his name the, the musical genius uh, the guy that wrote Mo Better Blues. Yeah, Terrence I can't believe him. Terrence Blanchard. Yeah, yes. Terrence Blanchard is a complete genius. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's one of the great geniuses of our time. As a matter of fact, I think he won a Grammy for Best Opera. Hmm. He wrote an opera, and he won a classical Grammy this year for does that. Spike Lee but have he's a jazz Oscar? musician. Stevens, does Spike Lee have an Oscar? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Definitely has some noms. Well, I, he should have yeah, won for Do the Right Thing. He, he was like 27. Well, he should have won for X. I think yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think Over Black Scent of a Woman? Come on. Yeah, well, that's a terrible movie. You're right. I think Black Klansman was also... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Black Klansman nominated as well? That's I think it was, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. That was a cool movie. So listen, Marty or Zach, have you seen that movie, Zach? What? 25th Hour? I have not, no, but it's very it's interesting. I, it's interesting. I could not more highly recommend the movie. Love Ed Norton. I'm going to check so. it out. I love it. And uh, my third film, because I want to pick something like obscure that people probably haven't seen, but apparently, like you guys have said, you know, I, that's highly recommended. There's a movie that came out in 1990 called New York Stories. It's an anthology, three short films. Uh-huh. One by Martin Scorsese, one by Woody Allen, and I forget who the third director was, Allison Anders or something like that. And the first segment is called Life Lessons. It's directed by Martin Scorsese, and it's, I think it's one of his greatest works. It's about 45 minutes long. Um, when I was in my freshman year of college, I somehow got into a film class that was the films of Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. So pumped about it. The first class is what, that's what the professor showed us. So Super New York is set in the art scene. They can always like a big, big canvas artist, like sloppy, you know, lives in this big loft. And he plays like loud, awesome rock music while he paints. And he's got the, a protege, a muse, played by Rosanna Arquette, who's the queen of New York City. 
like back then in the eighties, like hip, you know. Desperately seeking Susan, like I thought about putting that into, but she started like drift away from him. He's not selling as many paintings. He's having like a meltdown, and it's like it's sad. It's about like mortality and romance, and, um, love, of course, and Steve Buscemi's in it as like an up and coming like avant garde artist. No one's like, who the fuck is this guy? He's got the beard. He's drinking. You know, wears the overalls. It's really touching and it's really sad, but I have it's beautiful. I love it. Hmm. Highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Martin Scorsese, chances are that's maybe something of his you haven't seen. Do you remember Woody Allen's in movie in that? I don't. It was his mom went she she disappeared and all of a sudden she was in the sky. Yeah, and yeah. She would okay. watch him everywhere he goes and talk to him and everybody in the city would hear her. She was like the sun in the sky, Zach. So she'd be like, Woody, where are you going? And everybody would be like, Woody, your mom's talking to you. and like she was in the sky. Oh shit! Uh, anyways, that was his thing. So you, you, you at first you selected do the right thing, and I think that's great. That movie changed my life. I saw it in high school. Yeah, do the right thing was like a, was a really the thing is it it really fit the time of what that time was like in the city because uh, Howard Beach had just happened. Yeah, and so Howard what, Beach. What's Howard Beach? I'm unfamiliar. Howard Beach was an incident um, where some white kids like beat up. Some black kids yeah. that walked into their neighborhood. Oh and, no! And uh, anyways, that was going on, and there was a there was it might have been the even there might have been some others. Th- it was just a really rough time in the city, you know. Like we were coming out of the crack epidemic and out of the, all the violence with that and everything, and um, so there was just a lot going on. And then that movie came out, and literally, um, people thought it, the city was going to explode when that movie came yeah. out because it was so, but. It was a really controversial movie. Like, yeah. I had a high school class called Humanities. It was like a higher arts and culture, like high level class. And we were sitting there, and the teachers were like, "We're gonna do something different today." They put tape over the window on the door. They locked the door. They're like, "We think you guys need to see this movie called Do the Right Thing." They're like, "But don't tell your parents. Like, don't talk about it. We'll get in deep shit for showing this to you." Holy shit! And we watch it, and I was like, "This is it's so visceral and so fresh." That vision, Spike Lee. It was, I mean, it has all the Spike Lee, yeah, like edits and everything he does yeah. in all his movies. And Amazing it. performances. The, and uh, you know, but besides it, like really fitting the moment, oh, it, it also really it? showed that New York, because the way New York did react to it was they did not have riots and they did not, right? It, like, and so it ended up being because at the heart of it, that's kind of what happens in New York. Like when New York had the. Uh, it lost its electricity, it had the, the blackouts. Yeah. And people yeah. expected the city to go crazy when it was three days. They, remember, they had the one that lasted like three yeah. days. Yeah. They were like and on the bridge people took like care of each other. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that would be one of mine. Uh, I, I, and it's not like sensationalized. No. Like they have like John Turturro is like the the dumb son who's like conflicted about race. I knew so many people like that. And Danny Aiello is like up. Yeah. Sal, but John not totally Turturro's terrible. They have like good sides, bad sides. Samuel yeah. Jackson, the DJ, cool as shit. John Carlos, Mr. Senior, love that. Pretty cool in it. <laughs> yeah, he he had like he's uh, with the Jordans, like gets bugging out. Bugging out. So how come they no brothers on this wall? He's like, get your own pizzeria. You can put with brothers on your walls. You yeah. <laughs> and the ride right at the end is scary. But you know that I, th- I always felt like that pizza was that pizzeria was modeled after Sal and Carmine's, which was a famous pizzeria on the Upper West Side, because the owners were two sons and a father. Yeah. And they were notoriously acted like that. They acted just like that. Yeah, I believe it. Like in the, to, to the fact of the racism too. But I mean, back then there's probably a thousand. Was Brooklyn pizzeria. was Brooklyn predominantly black or African American? Yes. At this time in New York City, okay. Yeah, for sure. 
And that was that was before Brooklyn was like the hip spot. So that that would be one of my movies. Another would be, and this is going to be the most controversial one. This is crazy. Definitely, definitely <laughs> maybe. Sorry. Tell us about Definitely Maybe because I'm sure Zach hasn't seen it. I did see it once. It it's, was a cute movie. It's right? Ryan Reynolds. I thought it was Woody Allen. I was like, "Is that Woody Allen?" Marty's like, "No, it's Ryan Reynolds." I'm like, "Okay." Well, the the thing I the thing I like about it is um, number one the the period where it takes place, and it's such a solid love story that's kind of like a mystery. Is he a single father? Yeah, yeah. He's got the cute. And daughter. he's telling his daughter the story of how him and his mother met, but interspersed how into I that, they were mother. they were now divorced, and interspersed into that. Is this other woman that had been part of his life all along that he really kind of loved yeah. all along? Who was the babe who, who portrayed her? Um, you got that one punched up? Oh, who played the kid? Yep. No, who played the. It was, I think uh, that's Little Miss Sunshine is the kid. Abigail Breslin? Yeah, Abigail Breslin. That's the daughter. Mm-hmm. That's the, the daughter, yeah. The, the other girl was. Um, Rachel Weiss? No, no, keep going. Ooh, I think Rachel Weiss is great. Keep going. I don't know. I didn't see another like big name. It was uh, Elizabeth Banks, right? Oh, might have been. I don't know why it's not on here. Elizabeth Banks, official girlfriend of the Good Pals podcast. (laughs) We like some Elizabeth Banks. Um. Anyways, the uh, or is it Isabel? No, it's not. No, I don't know. Anyways, Elizabeth uh, Banks is very talented. Just like her. The, uh, so what it, makes it like New, what makes it story. New York for you like well, you as a quintessential like New Yorker just a mystery yes. love story that happens in the early nineties it's like <coughs> kind of romantic and and funny and I don't know just to me I always thought it was like one of the great love stories and New York is the backdrop of it you know that's and I always love when New York plays a, a role in the movie is like yeah. being more than just a location where it's the actual it's like an actual character probably the love New York love stories are probably like the they're cool. They're yeah. like when Harry met Sally. It's the most yeah. romantic. Annie Hall. Like there's a just yeah. Romantic town in the world. Man. I feel romantic mm-hmm. like when I'm there and you just look around. And oh just, yeah, I mean it's a whole fucking thing, man. Especially um, like Martin wanted to say you didn't do a damn thing I told you to do in Central Park, and I literally have a selfie of me on his yeah. father's bench. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. You bench. did. You went to my father's. Walk bench. right past. I know where it is by heart now. I walk right. You, you walk past the shell on your left. Yep. Down literary uh, row. Yep. Dude, what was that yeah. coffee? Look at me. What's that coffee card by your sister's place? Cafe I don't know Don? the name of it, but it's Cafe good. Don? Yeah, I think that's, that's a it. good yeah. ass coffee. Yeah, it's good. He, it's, he knows, like, I had more fun in like four days with Martin up there than I, I lived there for six months before I moved here. <laughs> you lived in the city, Maddie? Yeah, it is, I got a six month lease in Midtown. Nice. And I moved there. My buddy, like, worked half the year from home, and then you go to Puerto Rico on sabbatical and, like, work remotely. So I wanted to, I, I took two layoffs. I wanted to get. I wanted to stay in publishing. I wanted to go to New York. Always wanted to live in. Got to give it a shot. So he gave me the the, the six month sublease. I lived in Midtown. I lived on um, what a thirty third between Park and Lex. Okay. Close to the MetLife. Close to the Garden. Yeah. Great spot. Pretty good rent. Everyone's like, "You're stealing this place." It's over near uh, Little Korea. Korea. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. That was like two blocks from my place. Yeah. I liked that spot, but um, I moved there the week of the two thousand eight market crash. And every door shut it down. Yeah. Every door shut it down. I had good connections, good experience. Like, none of it mattered. Like, I look, I get an interview, I get an interview. And I loved it. But you get bored in New York. But it was, you know, unfortunately it didn't pan out. 
Hmm. Like if I'd known I was going to be a comedian and a bartender and a music booker and an entertainer, you know, that's a joke I say. Like I decided I wanted to be a bartender, comedian, entertainer, writer. So I decided I need to get the Hilton Head Island as soon as possible. <laughs> the mecca of all these things. I don't think I don't think it's, that shit's not really big in New York. <laughs> so, but it was. I'm glad I did it. It was cool. My my last, uh, my third movie, New York movie, is uh, Downtown '81, which is like a period piece of what it was like in the art scene in New York in around 1981. And um, there's, it's filled with like all the popular New York musicians at the time, most of which were never known on a large scale, but. In New York, they were a big deal. Well, it was 1981, so it was like end of new wave, like pre. Yeah, it, it was. It was. That uh, I mean, the music kind of bordered on. I mean, it was Kid Creole. That was <laughs> like the big band right then. They're cool, um, man. They're yeah, they're cool. I mean, Blondie is in the movie. Deborah Harris is in the movie. One of my favorites. Um, Lydia Lynch, John Lurie, and the Lounge Lizards. Yeah, um, and of course, it was played by Basquiat. He was the star of it, and it's kind of the st the storyline isn't really anything, except it just gives you a feel of what it was like then. Why do I not know who John Michael Basquiat? Do you is? think that Basquiat was like he was one of the great artists, the, like a time. huge breakout? I know Keith Haring. I didn't know him. Like one of the biggest like sensations. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Whoa. His his artwork's amazing. He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, I think his, his paintings are probably more. Expensive than Keith Haring's. Did Andy Warhol break Although him? Although I, I kind of, I, I do love they. They both of them were were uh, subway artists and, and yeah. they did graffiti, so they both kind of came out of that a little bit, which always surprised me because um, Keith Haring was still doing it even when he was already successful. Yeah, he would still go out and do it. He's cool. Um, but yeah, he was he was an amazing artist. But he in this movie he just kind of plays himself. Yeah, and uh, wanders around the city and gets mugged and then he know, does. Like a live mugging, or is it a fictional mugging? No, it's fictional. Yeah, but it's just really cool, and it, it's uh, it reminds me a lot of like when the city had that that vibrant art scene and uh, and art energy going on. That's that, that Scorsese film is like it's that like that. Yeah, it still it still has some of that. It's just that now it's so expensive that it's hard for that to exist. Yeah, in, none of these guys were rich in right? the, in the way it did then. No, he, I like, mean, eventually he became, he, became, he yeah. became wealthy. Did he have an overdose? Did he overdose? I'm not sure or how AIDS? he died. I'm not sure how he, he died. He was young, I believe, right? Yeah. Sad. Uh, but he, uh, I, 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 to me, that movie just captured like what I, some of my memories of New York. So that to Heroin me, overdose. Yep. 27. I actually, well, I actually have a Keith movie. Herring. Do you? Yeah. I That's bought cool. a Keith Herring. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Because when I was a kid, uh, I was always, I'd see his artwork on the subways, and I would always say, oh, my God, that stuff is so cool. And eventually I bought a shirt that had one of his designs on it. That he, like, he was selling the shirts. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then uh, about two years ago, I said, I'm going to buy one, and I just bought one. There's a pretty it's, not a, it's not a crazy piece. It's a marker piece, but it's super nice. It's, you know, his symbolism. There's a pretty OG, like, news article um, or clip rather from when Keith Haring was doing his thing and it's just it's so funny like how people in the news used to sound he's like and in the middle of the night he jumps on a subway and does his art oh yeah I've seen that does, yeah. <laughs> does his thing it's like I don't you know yeah. 
It's um there there's I'm a you were all film enthusiasts, obviously that's why we do this. There's nothing like a New York City movie. I like LA movies, I like other like settings, but New York there's really there's there's nothing like it. And you could talk about them. There's where like a lot of people we put a post up like what's your favorite and Ghostbusters was very popular. That's yeah. New York as hell. You know, yeah, and that was that was cool and really showcased the city and Bill Murray was like the whole like New Yorker like thing, so cool. I kind of like the New York movies where the city is like still kind of falling apart ish a little bit. After yeah. Hours, you see that? Yeah, yeah. And but that's just, those time in those time periods, the city like through the seventies, the city was bankrupt. You remember that in the seventies? So and in the seventies, they had the heroin problem, and then you know the burned out Bronx, everything was just burned yeah. down, and destroyed up there, and then. Um, then in the 80s, it started to, you know, we started to have the crack problem there. And then we had social services problems. Like, I would have de- been hanging out. There was out. a lot of problems. But there was I a lot of problems. I would have been hanging out in Times Square back happened. then. I'm sure you probably did. Times Square? Yeah, when it was like the, well, the cinemas. And I would go down there if I wanted a fake ID or some weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, generally, if you tried to buy a fake ID down there, somebody would just take your money and punch you in the face. So. So it goes with good times, Zach. So it goes with underhanded transactions I, sometimes. I, you know, I, Look, we I all there, know that you were a little hellion, Martin, back then. I had my, yeah, I mean, a little bit. You ever see Martin's first album cover? Yeah. But he's got the handlebar mustache and like. You mean the picture that hangs in John Cranford's I show that to people. Stairwell? Like, no, I'll that's like, not it. I showed no. it to like Lydia. I'm like, you know who this is, Lid? She's like, I have no idea. I'm like, it's Marty with his white beater on, his mustache. I am. I don't know. I felt very safe the whole time I was in New York. Hanging out with Jake Kowski. It's, it's safe. And, and it, even then, it was safe. I mean, you're safe in your neighborhood for the most part because even I lived in some tough neighborhoods at certain points, and you're safe there because everybody knows you're in your neighborhood. But um, Did you live in the boroughs ever? Or it's, always it's safe now. I, I consider it very safe compared to the 80s. Yeah, we love it. But, Steve, is there any ones you can think of that are, like, essentials? Um, Taxi well, driver got a lot of votes. Yeah, off the top of my head, though, I, I didn't have a movie in mind because the ones you guys named were ones I liked yeah. for the most part, or the you know the ones that edge out top ten list. But a movie that or a show rather that always just has me in New York, like not a fun romantic way, but Succession. Uh, it was always making me yeah. think about the city and just like you know every like the score and the black SUVs and the overhead shot of the city at night and stuff. The couple fights between Tom and Shiv and high rises. I was like, ah, this is what it's like to be a billionaire. I watched the uh, I watched the Logan Roy death episode last week because I just wanted to see that again, like the acting and how, how good. It Dude, was. it's got a perfect ten out of ten on IMDb. Did you know that? The show or that episode? That episode. The sh- as it should. Yeah. You know. You talking about like when Roman's like crying on the boat, <coughs> like daddy. Yeah. Yeah, like when when um when um who the f- who Ken goes down inside the boat to get Shiv. Yeah. And she starts making a really scared face and looking around. She's like, this is so intense. It's nuts. We had Succession to great New York TV show. Many of those as well. Martin, you digging up this picture? We're like an hour and 20 in. Cool. Okay, to go a little over for uh, for our first episode. But um, before we do call it a day, this is nice. Was this fun, Steven? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had a good time. Martin, Love having Marty over. I had a good time. Thanks for doing it with us, man. Boost the ratings. Um, <laughs> welcome anytime. I think we should do a couple more guests like this season. Definitely get Sarah Joey back in the chair. She knows. Some other people, yeah. Um, let's do plugs. Let's talk about what we have going on. Anything uh, you got in like in the works, Stevens? It's um, yeah, I'll go. So 
I mean, I play weekly on the island. Um, I mean, it's kind of, I won't name where or yeah, dates. Yeah. It's kind of just pointless. But you can catch me playing music anytime on Hilton Head. And um, shows I'm excited and looking forward to. Uh, in July, I've booked two days at the Jazz Corner. And then uh, you'll catch me doing some stand-up comedy again soon. And um, It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Here's the picture of Martin in a leather jacket. Holy shit. Is that the Bambino picture? Yeah, he's so fucking cool. Can you send me this song? I want to hear it. <laughs> can you? Can yeah? Can we put that in like our Instagram story? <laughs> Martin, I want to hear the song. I will do. We'll get a photo uh, before, but um, yeah, that's really you know I'm at the bar at the world famous Cool Cats. I got a couple of trivia gigs. I love doing it. I'm a little unconventional. I torment the contestants and we argue, and it's all in good fun. It's a great time. <laughs> One Hot Mama's Wednesday nights, Cool Cats Thursday. Nights. You're doing that. Yeah, Wednesday nights. Uh, Orchid first week reached out to me, and I told her to text you. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I didn't even know that came And uh, my return to stand-up comedy, I just took two years off. Yeah, when does that drop? Two years ago this week, I did two sold-out shows at the Racing Room, one of my favorite venues, a dream to perform there, and I got burnt out, and I stopped. But I got the itch, and they're, they're reopening for like quarterly shows, and they did me honor of uh, bringing me back. But I wanted to have some setup guys this time. So you were my first choice, obviously. And then I got Derek Ludaway, too. So these guys are going to open for me. Tickets are going to go on sale this week. And they will sell out. So, you know, we'll, we'll advertise it on our page and on personal pages. But we'd love to see you there. Hell, yeah. Zachy's already got his almost got his whole set written. Yeah, a lot of it. Looking yeah. forward to doing comedy again, man. I miss it. I miss the way it makes me feel and the the butterflies I get, you know, if you don't get nervous about doing something, it's probably not going to be fun. You're good at it, man. Like all things, you learn quick. And I love doing it. I love working in a room like that. Martin Lesh, what you got going on in your life? Still doing my Jazz Corner Sunday Mondays and uh, and Tuesdays at Redfish. And the rest of the week, I'm playing with uh, these guys and I'm just doing my thing. And tell tell the listeners what uh, Journey Through Jazz is. Oh, Journey Through Jazz is my Monday night jazz show yeah. at Jazz Corner. And that's kind of like a... An experience to go from everything from early jazz all the way up through like jazz renditions of Stevie Wonder and Tears for Fears and Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell, yeah. That's when you can see it with uh, the aforementioned uh, Jackson Evans. I'm a huge, huge fan of seeing Martin on Mondays and just seeing any show really any day of the week at the Jazz Corner. I mean, literally last night I was telling a couple older couple I was like, I was like, yeah, go Monday when Martin plays, you'll get a great show. But not just that, like you'll probably get the best meal you'll have on Hilton Head tonight. Yeah, like, it's really good. I mean, excellent. And sometimes he gives you the rub. Like the first time I went on a date, took a date to the jazz corner, where it's like, oh, so my friend does so I almost shit the first time he did it. And now he doesn't do it. I'm like, what the fuck? Martin did it. <laughs> Martin, did you say I was here? But, um, oh, yeah. It's a great a show. You said, it, you know, you said a really good vibe with that show. You know, it's, well, you know, it's hard enough playing music. Go there and try to try to uh, lay low key in the lowest mass seller secret seat in the back. And then Martin knows, sees him. He's like, we're going to let Zach get up and do a song. Then you're playing Jackson Evans Benedetto, and you have clammy hands. I always go hang with us. <laughs> you gotta like, you gotta kiss the ring, you know. Like she's so friendly to talk to, and like go back there. And, um, so yeah, but Jazz Corner. If you haven't gone, go. It's the best restaurant in Hilton Head. World class entertainment. I'm world class every night. Yeah, you can't see a bad show there. Um, so I highly recommend that place. Catch these guys performing. They're two of the best, my favorite musicians on the island. And come see me tell some jokes. Come do some trivia. Come see me at the lounge. We have a ton of friends that uh, visit New York City quite a bit that listen to the show, and Martin's going to be there in a week. Martin, do you want to plug any favorite food spots or anything? 
for any of our friends that might hit the city in the next month or two? In New York? No, but you, you know, if you know me, you can write me, and I have a whole list that I send <laughs> to people. Yeah, the shoot uh, dumpling places. Yeah, I have, I, I have that whole list. Like I just, I just, I, every time I find something new, I add it to that list and I send it to people. Yeah. And it's everything from like cultural things you can see to where all the jazz clubs are, some hidden drink places, stuff like that. If you've never had an opportunity to visit New York in your life and you're curious about it or you don't like it but you have never been there, check it out. Take, oh, yeah. a, take four days, go up there. It's worth it. No experience like it. Greatest movies, greatest music, greatest pizza, greatest dumplings. Beautiful women. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like Greenwich Village is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, that's that's NYU too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just unreal. Like, but uh, guys, we sorry. really appreciate you listening. We appreciate you pushing us to come back and do this again. This is season two. Um, if you could do us a favor, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, obviously you're listening. If you have time, give us a rating yeah. and even a brief review helps. Awesome. We like all reviews. Five stars is what we really like though. You know, uh, and it helps us get exposure because we want to go bigger this year. And uh, I'm happy as hell to be back. This is my favorite creative project to do. It's like my favorite time of the week, like to come and do this. So hopefully we'll be back on a, hopefully like a weekly basis. We'll give it a shot. We have little breaks here and there, but we are back. We're going to do another season. We've got Oscars. We've got Dune, all kinds of cool shit. It's the Good Pals Podcast. We're back, and thank you for listening.